Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Welcome back to the Delicious Truth Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking with Derek Dow. Derek is a filmmaker, director, content creator, producer, and actor. Our topic is making time to live today while chasing your dreams. Because after all, tomorrow may never come. Let's jump right in. Welcome, Derek, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today, our topic again is making time to live while chasing your dreams, keeping in mind that tomorrow may never come. You know, that's a that's a long title, but given the things that are going on right now with COVID-19, really happiness has never been more important than it is right now. So I'd like you to talk about what you have done in your life to be happy, as wonderful as you are. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you. Uh, Yes, baby. Thank you. Uh, So what have you done? And then what advice do you have for other people? And then what gets in our way? So um, let's let's talk about all of that. So Derek, welcome. Thank you. Uh, it's It's a pleasure to be here, first and foremost, especially with somebody with energy like yours. If we're going to talk about like Starting points, like we, we've lightly discussed this before, but like I said, I, last year, a lot of people didn't know. I kind of like stepped away a little bit in my own way from like the grind of me chasing the industry and the dreams of like entertainment and film, like mm-hmm. shrinking down, you know, what I do. I'm a director, content creator, and actor, you know. And last year, I booked out. I said, no, I don't want any more auditions. I don't want. You know, I don't want any other projects that I wasn't already attached to because I wanted to take the time to, like, you know, sit down, talk to people, um, professional and non-professional, you know, get get mental right. Like, go head on to things that I had been ignoring for years, traumas mm-hmm. I had been ignoring for years. I wanted to take that time to, like, clear some of that blockage up, you know, so I can really get to what happy is. I, I remember telling somebody, I was like, I don't see colors anymore. Mm-hmm. Things are not vibrant. Mm-hmm. You know, life is, a, you, uh, life is a hamster wheel. You know, we it, it's good to like make plans and attack those plans and go, go, go. But then what happens is, is uh, things become mundane. You're just <laughs> existing. And I had got to that point. So my thing was to like break that hamster wheel and stop existing and start living again mm-hmm. because we put so much stuff to decide. Like rest in peace, the great Kobe, Kobe Bryant. He was like, you know, you have to sacrifice, you have to sacrifice, which is true. But sometimes you, in his sacrifice, people forget that he had a family. He mm-hmm. got a wife, he made children. Mm-hmm. So he did make time for other things that were, was outside of basketball. And mm-hmm. I feel as creatives and artists. And so we forget that. 
and mm-hmm. we we still don't do that. We we just go go go. We we put a blinder on to anything that's about living. So you I think, was- I think this is probably some of the reason when we look at the the stats that when you look at uh, the top twenty countries mm-hmm. when it comes to happiness, mm-hmm. the United States is number eighteen. Mm-hmm. No, makes sense. That's a hot mess. So mm-hmm. clearly we are looking at what we're doing and not so much in the living that goes along with it. Exactly. Seeing the colors that you're talking about. Exactly. So so what did you do to do that? What did you do? You stepped back and then step- what did you do to begin to see all the colors? Well, f- first I stepped back. I got a therapist. You know, I met with a therapist for a while uh, to, to dig up things and and. Things I knew, things I, I didn't know, you know, to because if you're going to you're going to beat your enemy, you need to know who your enemy is. Mm. And honestly, a lot of the times we are our biggest enemy mm. or, or things that was, you know, instilled in us from childhood. You have to relearn a lot of stuff. The, the biggest thing, you know, we don't realize that our parents and other people around us, they're growing as we're growing, you know, so they don't know everything. It's not like this big ethereal person like our elders just don't become our elders and know everything. You know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. my mother had me at 30. I think about how much stuff I didn't know at 30. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, how much I didn't know. And though she's not considered like a young parent it's like, but still it's like, she's still growing and everything, you know, and having to deal with the world that's she's going through as, as I'm going through the world I'm going through. And then what we're adding to each other's life and subtracting from each other's life. And, so on and so forth. But I had to like, first, first off, finally like hit that head on and take that power away, you know, take that power away and, and see what, what things I played, what positions I played in matters and what positions others played in matters, you know, take accountability for, okay. for the shortcomings and the things I wasn't doing and vice versa. So once I got that out the way, um, then I had to break the mundaneness of my schedule. It's like, okay, great. You get up at 6 a.m. every morning, but what are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are you helping yourself? How are you helping yourself in the things you can control? You know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, it's so funny. I tell people now, I, at, at, I'm going to be 38 in um, a few days. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to get my age, huh? Okay. <laughs> Let's. Stop they can't that. see you, but then let me tell y'all, the man is beautiful. Okay, go ahead, David. <laughs> um, well, you know, I just think about myself now versus even like four or five years ago. I've taken the time to like improve on my body, who I am, like this age Derek versus that age Derek. I could run circles around him. Mm-hmm. So that's something I could control. I started focusing on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can't get a studio to pick up a script, but I can start producing smaller things. I can shoot smaller things. So it was just all about giving myself the reins back. Period. Even in love, if I'm like, and I know what climate we are in and you know, it's a lot of these guys need to be in jail, but I'm sorry, if you're looking good to me, I'm going to have to tell you, you're looking good to me. Now, you know, now, um, now you take that how you want to take it. I won't do it, you know, at a job. You won't be a subordinate to me or anything. I'll wait till it's an even ground situation. Like, listen, you was looking good to me that whole time. I didn't say anything because I was the director and you are whoever you are, but take it as it may. If you don't want it, I'm cool with walking away, but I, it was on my heart to tell you that. I had to tell you that. 
uh, just anything I could do to take control back. Because so let's just step in here and say for just a minute, mm-hmm. it's a crying shame that people think they can't compliment one another. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is not that is, that is called taking this too too far. It's going the wrong mm-hmm. way. It is mm-hmm. making sure that people feel respected while you're saying that. I'm right. not going to be disrespected because you told me I look good. Okay, <laughs> let's stop and say that right now. So it it is the way that you said, and as you did right there, it is not uh, like a lech. And so you looking good to me. And so now let's go back here in this back room. That's not, that's not, you know, it's what else comes after that. How you're saying it, how you're positioning it, your body posture and all of that. So let's get that in there to clear some things up because Mm -hmm. people are actually afraid to compliment people, you Mm -hmm. know? Like I'm loving your hair, your dress, and do you call those dress or whatever you call them is fine with me. I call them locks just because I'm okay. not a lock. Thank you. You know, I try, I try to respect that. So your locks are looking good. I'm gonna okay. tell you, I have always loved your hair. All right, I need to be able to say that, and you mm-hmm. need to not be scared to get death. Oh my goodness, this woman's gonna jump me or something. Right, right, right. So part of it is in building a relationship of safety. I'm teaching right now. I know it. Part of it is building a relationship of safety and trust. Then when you know people and you feel safe with them, then you know where they're coming from when they say something right? and when they do something. So let's just get out of that mode that, that people are scared to death to even acknowledge you have on a nice dress or your shirt is good or, you know, I really like your shoes or, you know, your pen is nice. We're afraid. That's some of the reason we're not so happy. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the things that we can do to support one another, to connect as human beings, even in this time of, they, they call it, um, uh, what, what, what did they say? Physical distancing? No, social distancing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's physical distancing, but we mm-hmm. still have to connect with each other. Exactly. So self-reflection, accountability, Mm -hmm. self-assessment, looking Mm -hmm. at what you can control and then getting on with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. I see. (laughs) Yes. So how, what difference have you noticed in your life since you've had this rebirthing of Derek? Honestly, like, you know, uh, at one point in time, it got so bad. I was having anxiety attack. I have no anxiety attacks now. Like no anxiety attacks. I'm also I'm eager to start something now. I remember like people would bring something to me and I'd be like, okay, what okay, here we go. What what's happening? I know we don't have no budget. I know we don't have and but now it's like getting back to that like kid in me where I'm like, oh, okay, the budget's low. Fine. How can we play? You know, not not oh, we don't have the PlayStation to play. It's like but we can go outside and pretend to be those characters. You know, it's it's back to, I'm getting back to that. I'm not 100% there, but I'm like definitely 75, 80% where I'm getting more excited when people send me a creative project again. And I'm not worried about as much as, is this going to be the thing that breaks me into the big leagues? Mm-hmm. I, that's not it for me anymore. And that for a long time was like, well, is this the project that's going to do it? And the, the funny thing is, is when I directed The Big Chop, I never walked into that project thinking like, this is going to be the thing. I was like, I'm going to just have fun with it because my girlfriend at the time wrote it. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is just going to be us. We're going to have fun with it. 
And that was the movie that HBO licensed. And I was like, what? This is not even, but it was a different mindset. I was not, I was just like, yo, she, she wrote this as a first short. This is the first thing we working on together, together in this magnitude. Let's just have fun. Here's a little short film. And it goes on, the lead goes on to, to, to be uh, Misty Knight and, and Luke Cage and then goes on to have her own show on All Rise. And I'm like, yo. And now we almost are like three point something million views on Issa Rae's YouTube channel and, and it's about to be on Aspire. And I was like, yo, this was a project I literally just had fun on. It's not like I had a million dollars to make it. It's not like anything else. It was just like, yo, let's get together and have fun. And then it's getting back to that. You know, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. So here's, so here's what I hear you saying. Yes, it's work. Yes, uh, it's all the things that you do, and I, how many hats were you wearing on that project for the big job? How many hats were you wearing? <laughs> as many as as many as necessary. I mean, mm-hmm. mainly, mainly director, but it was also you know we would go over scripts together. I mean, Alicia totally wrote it herself, but I was reading every draft and whatever notes we could do, uh, playing with the kids in between takes. Um, you know, whatever we needed to do. If I needed to hop in the car, I, I did a little quick acting job in it because we didn't have any money to like pay another person to do it. You know, just like whatever I could. A lot of hats, you doing a lot of hard work and juggling yeah. a lot of things. But mm-hmm. here's what I heard you say. You were having fun in the midst of all of this. And I think people miss the fun of what mm-hmm. they're, even when they're, Privilege to one know what their gifts are, right? Know what their purpose is on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they're here to do. I think sometimes it gets so focused only mm-hmm. on the deliverable and what's wrong and what's missing, and the work they have to do to fill those gaps that they forget to have fun. Yeah. So, so Derek, what did you do? Because it's energizing. That's either a succubus of your energy or a birthing of energy. So what do you do to find your bliss in uh, the midst of all of that? Well, I started, uh, honestly, sometimes uh, just going back to the basics, going back to the beginning helps. I started like everything didn't have to be a big project. Everything. I started like having fun on my Instagram having fun, like, it didn't matter. I was like, yo, here's a short, me singing in the car. This is me putting me on film, you know, and it's going to take however long it takes me to just do a little song, sing, songy thing in the car. Um, If I do a little random sketch that I think is funny or tweet or anything, it's it's about, as creatives, it's about getting that juice off you and out you. You know, um, that's the biggest advice I give to most creatives. I'm like, you don't have to make the matrix right now. You could make you chasing your dog in your backyard being humorous, you know, and you just get it off and putting it up. Sometimes you just sometimes you just need to be able to look at something and be like, oh, I did that today. Oh, I did that today. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like even do this, I start things with the most simplest things. Sometimes it's just like pray. And that and, and when I wake up, do it. That's something I can visually see. I checked off my list. Mm-hmm. You know, you, know you need the short, the little, small, quick uh, wins. You yeah. know, yes, 
No. Yeah, and here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about as throughout the day, maybe you don't have time for a full meal, but you can take a piece of cheese or an apple. Okay. You can you can munch on something to keep your energy going, to keep your metabolism up. We need to do that same thing for our mental, our emotional, and our spiritual selves. I like that. I'm call I'm a, I'm a dub it creative snacks. That's okay. what I like that. Creative snacks. I need a creative snack right now. Somebody Thank give me a kill. <laughs> you need to do a little film on that, baby. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. So, what are some of the things, or some of the greatest challenges you think that people have for real that keep them from connecting? Because this is all good and mm-hmm. we can say that. But what are the things that get in people's way from your, that you have observed in yourself or others? Mm-hmm. To keep us living to our fun and our bliss. Well, I mean, it's honestly, it's the big one is worrying about what everybody else is going to think. But I mean, I don't care what anybody say. They be like, I don't care if if they if people who didn't care, you wouldn't be able to make so many books that say the, the you know the magic of not giving a f and how to unlock yourself and that uh, you know it's like those, those books sell really really well because we care we care yeah and we care we care not only do we care about what people say we compare to what people are we care and compare mm. and that is like the biggest thing because I might shoot something you might shoot something you put your stuff out I'm like oh I don't want to put mine out because he put his out but it's art. It's all subjective. You know, you have people that love Kendrick Lamar, but then you got all you got other people that love Soldier Boy. These are two very different type of artists. Mm-hmm. But they have their brand and they have their people. That's why you have drill rap from Chicago that is extremely violent, heavy beats, heavy this, and people love that. But then you can also go to a J. Cole, more, more mellowed out, more let me tell you a story about where I'm from. We have to remember those things. That's why you can have a Michael Bay and a Steven Spielberg, a Jordan Peele, and, and and a Spike Lee. We it's once we stop comparing and worrying about it because you your success is not um, is not set upon what other people do. Your success say is set upon, say that again. What is not set upon what other people do? You say your, your success. Is not set upon. Is not is not built up on what other people do. It's not. It's not set upon what other people do. I, I, wanted, you, I, I wanted you to repeat that, baby, because some people I know didn't hear that. And uh, that's a key point. That you is. know, that's that's a key point. So mm-hmm. you can't allow someone else's success mm-hmm. to deter you from your own or distract from your own. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. And I tell people that all the time. I say, listen, like, I remember at one point in time, people were like, we're not going to make it because Tyler Perry got the whole market share. And I was like, no, he doesn't. I said, he has he has his thing. And, and right now, his thing is the loudest thing. Mm-hmm. And if, if we would have believed that, we would have never got a Black Panther. We would have never got a Black Panther. Because you needed somebody else to believe, like, yo, I can tell this type of story. And this is a story I'm going to tell. We would have never got a moonlight. You, you see what I'm saying? If it was I, like, yo, you can only make Tyler Perry things. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just that. You can't, you have to, once I took anything, I was like, I can't compare to what anybody else is doing, Whether it, be it they be younger, be it they be more established, be anything. I can't, it's like, what can Derek Dark, 
What can Derek Dow do? You know, it's it's some path out here for him. And who knows? I might just become a super dope TV director. And that's a good life. That's a good life. I might write this movie that nobody expected and it sells sells more than Avatar. Or maybe I just become a cult classic type of guy. And it's just a certain handful of people who come see my stuff. These are all good lives. If they work for you, if I'm not comparing them to, you know, trying to be the next Jay-Z or trying to be the, you know, as long as I'm not trying to compare to be the next Oprah, if I become the next Oprah, Mm -hmm. great. Well, but here it is. We only need one Oprah. This is what I tell people. I love Gloria. I love Gloria Cotton. I really do. But Mm -hmm. if everybody was like me, I'd have to kill somebody. Where would my uniqueness be? What's up? I'm not trying to clone me. I want you to be your individual you. Uh, In in the world of diversity and inclusion, which is where I live, it's Mm -hmm. all about this and that, not this Mm -hmm. or that. And it certainly isn't only that. Right. Exactly. So I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Taking a little different take on this. We were looking at where the United States falls in the top 20 countries uh, on the happiness scale. Mm hmm. And we're at number 18. But let me give you, throw this at you. In a recent Gallup study, now we know this is before COVID because everything's up in the air right now. Yeah. But in that study, 90% of Americans were happy. Do you hear what I said? First Mm. of all, I don't know who they spoke with, but let's go with it. 90%. Now, let me tell you, these 90% though, that say they're happy are high Mm. income white, straight, or so they say, Republicans, men, okay? So they say, because we know a lot of people on the down low, I'm not outing anybody, but Uh I'm saying, in my down lowness, that's part of my happiness, which automatically says to me, you're not happy, but okay, all right, all right. (laughs) So here's Mm -hmm. the deal. Low-income households, though, are the least likely to say they're satisfied with their life. Followed mm. by Democrats and unmarried adults, and you can go on with that list. People who are LGBTQ, people who mm. are marginalized. Let me say that. Those, mm. and, and that makes sense because it's no fun being in the margin all the time. So, yeah. among these groups, small majorities report being very satisfied. So, yes, we have some gay people that are really happy, some women that are really happy. Some uh, black people that are some Muslims that are really happy, but it mm-hmm. really is like the one percent of that right. number, you know. Exactly. So then, uh, what advice would you give to people who have less means to find happiness? So I am marginalized, mm-hmm. and I don't have a whole lot of money right now. I am not Tyler Perry. Right. I am not Miss Oprah. I am not, I mean, name any rich person that you can think. I am not, Hugh, bless his heart and rest his soul, Hefner. I am not Bill Gates. Right. What do you say to those people who are in the lower economic branch? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, money, when the money funny, ain't nobody laughing. It's one of my favorite, (laughs) one of my favorite uh, quotes. But I will say this, just like I said earlier, you kind of got to take it back to the basics. You, you see where you 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 see where you stand and where you match up against, right? Um, you have to get inventive because you're right; you don't have everything. 
just to bring it to film again, when people when I talk as students to students at schools, they go, but I don't have, I can't rent this. And I go, pick up your phone. This is what you need to start with. Start with this. And and start working on your composition. Don't worry about audio. Do a silent film off your phone. So mm-hmm. it's like you take whatever tools you you need to 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 make what you want. And then we start then now you start factoring in like where do you want to go? Be so strict with your intent. And I know everybody's hearing this, but you have to be so strict with your intent to where you want to go next. Because yeah. then that will dictate what you use your means for. Mm-hmm. You know. Sometimes you don't have money and sometimes you don't have time, but you have to figure it out. That's all of us. Even, even me sometimes it's like, I have all these little businesses plus uh, uh, this job and plus of this job. And it's like, but the creative is coming in. Well, I got to figure it out. You know? So my thing is go back to your basics, figure out what you can control, what you can do, get inventive as when you were, we're a kid, because when mom said, we don't have money for this toy, you go in and you turn a piece of construction paper into some, a toy. You Come go on. out and start playing with rocks. So it's the same mentality you that you need. You just have to use it differently. Then you go, even right now, I'm like, okay, when this COVID stuff happened, and I'm like, all right, well, I still have to work that essential job that I'm doing, right? How, how do now I put myself in a position that if this ever happens again, I never have to risk myself to go out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then I break that down and that's what I'm working towards now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. It's like, okay, well, I never want to worry about my kids not eating again. And I get it. It's easier said than done. Now, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Now, when I get that income tax check back, do I need to spend that a little differently? Do I need to invest that a little differently? Can I, can I afford to carve in any other little work or thing like that. It's all about what you can control because we have so much power. I tell people, I'm like, yo, we, we are of the source. We are of the, of, of the higher father. When you pray, when you meditate, you're not, you're not going upward. You're going inward. Come you're on. Going inward. That's you going into the tap. You are part of the roots. You know, everybody looking up, look, a tree can't grow from up. It grows from the earth. It's tapping back into the source. So you have to always tap into your source and see what you Ooh, so many delicious things (laughs) we're saying there, I tell you. So here's here's what my takeaway from all that is. Mm -hmm. First of all, be clear about your vision Mm -hmm. and then envision what that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Assess what's going on because we have to be real. We have Mm -hmm. to be real. Here's what I have. Here's what I don't have. Here's what I need. But then I heard you say this one word. And if I could have hugged you at that point, baby, I would have. And it was, you said, start. Mm-hmm. Start. Yeah. Start. Okay. What do you, what is one thing you can do? One little thing that you can do that's going to move you closer to making that vision a reality. Exactly. It might not be the full vision right now, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know, it is one step closer on that journey. One that step you're on. You know, get centered, be inventive. I love that. Be inventive. Mm-hmm. And many times we look at the challenging things and they over, we allow them to overwhelm us mm-hmm. instead of saying, wait a moment, that challenge is there. Now, what do I do about it? So be inventive. 
And I thought necessity is the mother of invention. Look at all the stuff that's coming out of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not saying as a nation, oh God, we're never going to do anything again. All our businesses have to shut down and stay shut down. People are being creative about the way they do their work. Yes, exactly. Because we have to start doing it differently. Exactly. That is good. That is good. That's even no matter what economic stratus you find yourself in, no Mm -hmm. matter how many times the door has been shut in your face, no matter how many projects have been shut down. Okay. Breathe. Next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anything else <laughs> for that part? No, I think I think I covered it. I'm long winded. Your listeners are gonna be like, "Man, does he breathe in between?" <laughs> <laughs> so, who were your greatest inspirations? Who were your role models? Wow, you know what? Everybody asks me that, and I feel like it it changes. You know, when I first started wanting to be a filmmaker, it was like Robert Rodriguez. You know, I was in love with Robert Rodriguez. I was like the rebel without a cause. He's like, I wanted to make a feature. So he went and made a feature and, you know, did it, did everything he could himself, which is why I made Family Values and mm-hmm. rented out a theater in Chicago and so, you know, sold it out because I was like, yes, Robert Rodriguez. Um, but then it started to change, you know, as I aged. And I started just falling in love and, and being inspired by the single mother who, who like, has no help, not a family member, not anything, but finds a way to still like put food on the table and go to school. And and then I started being inspired by like my best friend who got married, has kids. And like, even when his marriage gets rough, he like, well, I'm sleeping in the basement, but I'm going to make sure everybody in this house is still taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the people that like are selfless, I started being inspired by like those people more than just like the celebrities. Don't get me wrong. The celebrities are great. You make it. The, the, the great directors, the great rappers. and But it's the day-to-day people. It's mm-hmm. the people who like are not even living anywhere close to what their life they wanted to be, but they find a way to still put on a smile and still, um, you know, be an asset to somebody. So why do those people inspire you? Because they haven't achieved the greatness. You know, they... They aren't the iconic people. Mm-hmm. So why do they inspire you? But they, because they inspire me just because who am I to say what they, what they haven't accomplished? Mm-hmm. You know, I had this conversation with uh, one of my exes before. We went and visited my sister in rural Arkansas. And a lot of these people still live in shacks and stuff. I mean, this is a town, 900 black people that's all related in some way. Some of them have real nice houses. Some of them have shacks Some whatever, whatever. And she was like, I can't believe they live like this. I said, how do you know if they're not happy or not? They Hello. rent two, they rent two fifty a month. They ride their ATVs all day. They go shoot in the backyard. They got they got a pig and a horse and a, you know, and like, I mean, like, you don't know if they happy. You know, some of these people, they like, yo, this is a good life for me. My my overhead expenses for house and everything else is six hundred a month. Yeah. House, my horse, my ATVs, my insurance, my everything. And I just want a calm life, you know? Um, so when it goes to that, I try never again, compare or judge what, you know, that, that wouldn't work for me. I would, I would have personally felt like I failed, but the fact that the matter is they carved out whatever their niche is. Even when I look at my best friend, I go, I wonder, I wonder, I never ask him this, if he wants more, mm-hmm. if he wants more, you know, but he's so, he's so happy every time he's posting about his kids. 
He's so happy whenever he's talking about his kids. He's so, you know, he's happy with what he accomplished, even like being a, a tech guy at Comcast. He's 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 happy with that. His his aspirations might not be to be the CEO of Comcast. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have to go like, yo, you you found you you found you a place in this world and in this life, and it makes you happy. So, so let me ask you a question. Given given all of that, because not it's not one thing that makes people happy. No, because yeah. The thing that makes somebody happy can make somebody else unhappy, you know? Mm-hmm. So your friend, he has his family, and that is part of his happiness. Exactly. It's part of his happiness. Uh, somebody exactly. else might have that same family. They're driving him crazy, you know? Exactly. So some some people might be successful with a film being made and world-renowned. Mm-hmm. And some people are not happy when they achieve that. Oh, trust me. I know a lot of them. I know. (laughs) How would you define happiness? Happiness is not a place. Happiness Mm -hmm. is a state of being. How would you define it? Happiness is what? Happiness for me, in the most basic form, is gratitude. If you are grateful... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you don't want to achieve more. But if you are grateful for every point you're in, it's easy to stay happy. Because I remember it's like I remember when I used to live in West Inglewood in Chicago and my heat got cut off and I didn't know, like, how am I? It's winter coming. Like, I remember that until now. It's like, though I'm not where I want to be. I'm like, when was the last time you worried about heat being cut off? When was the last time somebody called your phone and had and had to hear, I'm sorry, the subscriber that you're trying to reach? Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't remember that. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember I don't remember the last time I had to worry about where my next meal came from. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having to worry about not having cable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here, it's a 55-inch uh QLED TV behind me in, in my bedroom. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about my front room or you know, I don't think of like, I don't even remember that, you know, or I don't remember last time I had to take public transportation that wasn't for fun, you know, and, and those are the things like, like, yo, you have to kind of be grateful for. I remember uh, my, my one of my closest friends out here, Max, he's a um, Juilliard trained actor. And I, we were having one of those like little venting sessions. And and then I, I remember just starting to chuckle. And he's like, what? I go, you hear us complaining? He's a he's a what do you mean? I said. We sitting here drinking a sixty dollar bottle of wine, watching a sixty five inch television in a in 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 a in a pretty much more well off area of Los Angeles, and we got and we complaining about what? What are we complaining about? What are we complaining about? Would Hello. you like a piece of expensive cheese, sir? You know? Would you like Grey Poupon, sir? <laughs> what are we complaining about? So, so here's here's what I hear. It goes back again to honest assessment mm-hmm. of, honest of, what, of what you have and what you don't have. Mm-hmm. But looking at what you have and being grateful for that, yeah, exactly for the things that uplift you and 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 give you joy. Exactly. Looking at that and then looking at those things that bring you pleasure mm-hmm. looking at it. it may not be a whole bunch of things it may not be everything that you want but being grateful for that exactly. i mean I, I really like godiva chocolate mm-hmm. but sometimes i have to satisfy myself with a hershey's kiss <laughs> and i'll tell you what 
<laughs> when I put that thing in my mouth and it starts to melt, I mm -hmm. am a happy woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm thinking good. about Godiva. I'm not thinking about Godiva. I am mm -hmm. in the moment. With a Hershey's kiss. What did it cost about 10 cents or something? What? <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, it's true. So it's true. It's, uh, I, I, I think I'm going to remember that. Appreciate your Hershey's kiss. Appreciate it. And, and again, like I say, most that that thing, the best thing is in life or free, that saying is true. I'm mm -hmm. happy. I'm just hiking in. I'm just hiking in a mountain. It costs me nothing to go do that. Mm -hmm. I'm happy when I'm having just random conversation. You ever, you ever just had those walk to the car conversations when like you leaving an event, the event could have been like spot on celebrities, whatever. It could have been super spot on, but you walk in that friend to the car and then that five minute goodbye turns into a two hour and that'd be the best part of your night. When, yeah. you, go, when you go back and, and rethink of that night, you don't talk about like, yeah. And Jamie Foxx was there. I'm like, we joined. You talk about, yeah. Remember that conversation we had after like, wasn't that amazing? Yeah, it is yes. the parking lot that was in. It could have been yes. in the food, yes. but the, 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 the fact that you had that conversation that was the most fulfilling part of the night the connection. So it's back, it keeps coming back up the assessment. Many times we miss what is thinking about what was mm -hmm. or what we want to be. So yeah. I, I'm thinking about this old thing about the present is a gift, there's mm -hmm. a reason the present is, is a, a gift. Present. Yeah. Uh, and if we spend all of our time anticipating, it's not to say that you don't envision, envision what you want. But if you spend all your time looking back, mm -hmm. if it was good or bad mm -hmm. and missing out on the present, you're missing out on your life. A hundred percent. And missing out on your. And so America, stay in the present. Stay in the present. When I was like, I was telling you when I was searching my search of happiness, I was guilty of living in the past too much. You know, I was, I, I'm, you know, again, all of these, you know, these like cliche thoughts was like, you're going to keep tripping if you keep looking back, <laughs> you know, it, yes. it, it, it's good to remember history and remember what you've been through. But when you dwell in it, that's right. You tripping yourself up. And that's that, right. I lived in the past so much. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, oh man. And I had to catch my pattern because it was going to happen is you can get two years from now. And you're going to think about the present you were in and all the opportunities you missed because you was too busy thinking about that. And now it's just going to be a vicious cycle. Yes, that's it's good. Cycle, you that's know, good. that's good. OK, I thank you so much for this conversation. I hope people have gotten some really good tips about what to do to stay in. First of all, identify your happiness, then stay mm -hmm. in that happiness and magnify that happiness because it's good for you. America, we got to get out of this number 18 position. What's we up? And we I wonder if people did their own assessment, where would they be? If people did their own assessment for happiness. I'm very happy. I'm, ha I'm okay, situationally happy. I'm blah happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I am unhappy. I'm miserable. Okay. Right. Where do you want to be? Because this man right here in this conversation, y'all, today, Mr. Derek Dow, mm -hmm, he has <laughs> dropped some stuff on y'all for mm -hmm. what you do to get out of the doldrums. Come on, y'all. Even yeah. and, and I hear people saying, oh, I hate being by myself. I'm so alone. Mm -hmm. You're sitting there in your beautiful chalet, sir. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> what advice do you have for people? And this is the very last thing. What advice do you have for people who are really not doing well being alone? They're not happy being mm-hmm. alone. And more than just the fear of the disease and concern about the virus, mm-hmm. uh, just being alone. What advice do you have for them about connecting with happiness? Well, my thing is at this point, it's like if being alone bothers you so much, you need to dig into that. For me, I'm like, this is an opportunity where you have space. It's like, why is your company, your own company, that bothersome to you? Okay. You dig into that first. All the, all the road to happiness starts and ends with you. Say what? The, the road to happiness starts and ends with you. One so more whatever. Time. One more time. The road to happiness starts and ends with you. So whatever change you got, whatever blockage you got, if you're going to heal, if you're going to do your intent, it has to start with you. You have to point the finger at self first, figure it out. While, while we're in this time, while the world is slowed down, instead of worrying about focusing on like how lonely you are, focus on how great you can be. Mm. You work on in this time that you mm. possibly couldn't have worked on. For. So if you wanted that six pack, it's not the time to be like eating all the all the picks and candies. Now you can you can almost work out like an inmate. You know how people go to jail and get swollen? That's because they got nothing else to do. So now you got nothing else to do. Do a thousand push-ups, being laid lipless on the ground till you wake up in the morning, eat your meal, and then do another thousand push-ups. If you wanted to learn a language, this is the perfect time. Get on Duolingo. Then hop on some of these like other little meat sites that people want to talk Spanish, practice Spanish, like be an inmate right now. Like if you hating being by yourself, see how you can improve that self. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't like the company I keep, I change the company, even if that's myself. So you got to figure it out, figure out a way to, to change you into the person you want to be around. Now you need to put that on some placard or something. If you don't <laughs> like the person you with and you with yourself, you need to change yourself. Come on now. Come on now. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, People, you can find out more about what Derek is doing in the world um, Mm -hmm. by just looking at our website and you can see all the things he's doing. The name of your films again are? Oh, I got The Big Chop. Yes. Uh, Shotgun Wedding. How can people see these? How can people see these? Well, you can see The Big Chop right now. Just hop on YouTube uh, and type in The Big Chop. And it's on Easter Ray's uh, digital network. You can see that shotgun and a couple of my newer ones right now. They're circulating the the film festivals when they happen again. Oh, yes, <laughs> and yes. Then, like, oh, my documentary Beyond the Soul. You can hop on my YouTube and check that out. Or if you have Aspire TV, it plays on Aspire TV randomly because people hit me up. And they're like, I was in the barbershop. I just saw you on TV. So so just yeah, just plug away and. My web series, Black Man Depressed, I'm, that's on YouTube. I'm re-releasing it on my Instagram right now for fun. I'm repurposing content right now. If you Love can't, it. like I said, if you can't really do a lot right now, repurpose your own old content. Find a new audience. Like you can make this, you can really like do stuff with the with the tools you already have. I'm such a, a like a cheerleader for that. What are the tools you have? What did you already do? We can repurpose that. You can I take a look. Piece of it, put a skit on top of it, and make it something else. You know, whatever. What you know what? If you think you can't do a lot, you can do a lot. You can't do a lot. What is you the can. lot you can do? I'm done. Exactly. 
Thank you, baby. <laughs> and listen, let me tell you one thing. There's a hug in your future if you want one. So here are some key things that I took away from this episode that are so delicious and scrumptious. One, we need to develop the practice of gratitude. This calling out and celebrating what we have and not living in a state of anticipation and worry about what we don't have. (laughs) Y'all might remember that Derek was talking about being in a restaurant with one of his friends. They were having a a $60 bottle of wine while bemoaning what they didn't have. And here's where I went in my mind. I'm thinking about, okay, so you waiting for Cristal? You're not going to enjoy this $60 bottle of wine? Come on now. So look at how we diminish our own happiness and joy while we're waiting for happiness and joy that may come in the future. I want you to think about what's in the future and get ready for it, but you have to stay in the present. Don't worry about what other people will think, nor what other people have done. You can celebrate the success of somebody else and say, you know what? I'm going to be as successful or more. It's that kind of thing, not begrudging, but also not limiting. Keep those things in mind and then your happiness uh, will be more accessible and not as fleeting as it might have been in the past. 